Be Frank Network. Content on this production is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It is not medical advice, nor is it intended to substitute medical treatment or diagnosis. Seek medical help if you believe that you are suffering from a mental illness or are a threat to yourself or others. By using any or all of the information provided, you do so at your own risk. Any application of the material is at the listener's discretion and is his or her sole responsibility. Everybody, Doc Brian here, and welcome to Doc Talks, where we talk about people's troubles, trials, tribulations, and hopefully triumphs in life. Uh, today, I am in Boonville, America, which is where I was raised, and uh, I have with us a good family friend, uh, Caleb Johnson. And Caleb, it's it's good to to be with you here today. Well, thank you for having me. Well, we're uh, we're glad that you would uh, do this uh, with us. So, Caleb, um, you have muscular dystrophy, is that right? Correct. I have Duchenne's muscular dystrophy. Okay. And how old were you when you were diagnosed? Well, I started having trouble walking when I was about three or four. I wasn't actually diagnosed until I was I was six years old. Okay. Now, I was born with muscular dystrophy. And uh, when I was eight years old, I had to be in a wheelchair. And you know, I, it wasn't that bad. You know, I had good, good friends and good family. And yeah, it just wasn't that bad. Okay. And so you were in a wheelchair, did you say at six? At eight. At eight. So you would have been third, fourth grade? Yes. Okay. Do you remember that transition from a, from being able to walk and then into a wheelchair? Uh, not really, but when I was when I was little and I was still walking, I would fall down a lot. Mm-hmm. And when I'd tell people, I'd say, I fall a lot, but I'm a normal kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now... You were, you were, did you say you were diagnosed at six? Yes. Okay. So with muscular dystrophy, uh, sometimes it is even into the 40s or 50s before you're diagnosed with MD. And so you were at a very young age uh, when all of that took place, but uh, you made it through elementary school and through junior high school. And you graduated from high school. Right. Um, and you kind of beat the odds there. Did, yeah. did they ever tell you that you shouldn't be able to or that you shouldn't do anything like that? No, they never said. Okay. So you just kind of had the determination to, yes. to do it. And some days are tougher than others. Mm-hmm. And I pushed through it. Yeah. What, what gives you that determination to, to push through? Well, you know, I got a lot of family and... And friends that always tell me what a good positive attitude I have, and they like to be around me, and you know that's good. I got a lot of good family and friends. Yeah, and that structure, that support structure, I think is very important for us to to have. When you were growing up in school, uh, being in a wheelchair. When you originally started in a wheelchair, were you able to roll yourself, or did you have an electric wheelchair? I was in a power wheelchair. Okay. Now, was you kind of the cool kid with a power wheelchair being, you know, popping wheelies and stuff in the hallways? No, but I like to go fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we would all like to go fast if, yes. if we can. Um, so tell me a little bit about what it was growing up in school, 
having this this disability. Well, you know, my classmates, they were, they were all real kind, and when I would drop my pencil or something, they would pick it up and hand it back to me. Mm. Yeah, and they were all good about that. Uh, they never treated me any different. You know, they treated me like any other, any other normal kid. Mm-hmm. And um, well, back in the when I was in uh, the first grade, um, when I started having trouble walking, my my teacher got me a a wagon to pull me around in. Mm-hmm. So that helped a lot. And I gotta say, I ran over a few. A few toes. <laughs> well, well, that would, I guess, would be somewhat normal, yeah. uh, having a power wheelchair as yeah. such. Um, do you think that maybe the kids were uh, a little bit more helpful to you because they started out with you in the same grade? And, yes, I and, think so. And they saw the progress? Yes. Okay. How do you, uh, were there other people in your class or in your school that had a, a disability that, that was similar to yours or? Well, I went to school with this one kid. He had several palsy. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what he had. You know, he used a walker. So, but yeah, he was about the only one. Okay. In my class. All right, and so you went to to school in Boonville, yes. uh, which Boonville is a small enough town that while there is an elementary, uh, middle school, and high school, you all stay with the same class. Yes. <clears throat> Was there ever a time that you really felt like you didn't belong or that you felt like you were removed some from certain things that you should have been able to enjoy? Well, no, they tried to... Involved me in everything they did, all the activities, activities and stuff. So, yeah, I always felt like I belonged. Okay, and and so in in doing your homework and your grades, how did were you a good student? I tried to be. Yeah, I mean, I talked a lot. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with talking a lot, yeah. I guess, so long as you're quiet when they tell you to be yes, quiet. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, Knowing that, you know, you were diagnosed at such a young age, you didn't know any different. No. And so you felt like this was just the way that it was. Yes. So tell me about those moments. I'm sure there had to be while you were in school that that you kind of came to the realization that, hey, I would like to do this, but I can't. How did you handle those situations? Well, you know, I... uh... Once again, I just stayed positive. And really, there was, um, back when I was in the, the, the fourth grade, uh, they went on a field trip to Magic Springs. And I, I wasn't able to go because I was sick that, that day. But um, the next day when I came back, one of my classmates had brought me back a souvenir. Mm. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. So even though you weren't able to go, you were still somewhat included. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know, in, in those situations, how did that really make you feel? Because I'm, I'm sure there were times where you wished you could do certain things. You know, Brian, there was. There, I wished I could, could do a lot of things that people could do. But then, you know, I was able to do things that 
you know, I know they didn't get a chance to do. And what were some of those things? Well, you know, back when I was um, in 2005, I was the uh, MDA State Goodwill Ambassador mm -hmm. for Arkansas. And it was pretty awesome. I got to meet, I got to meet the governor, mm -hmm. got to go to car shows. Mm -hmm. You know, I got to, you know, share my story with people. Mm -hmm. And I want people out there to know that no matter what they're going through, if you push hard enough, you can get through it. Yeah, yeah. And you're going to have tough days, but... Absolutely. Now, muscular dystrophy, of course, is a, a disease that, that you lose uh, muscle mass, I guess, right, is the best right. way to say. Um, and as I'm sure our listeners can hear, you, you're on a BiPAP uh, machine. Yes, sir. Um, that that muscular dystrophy also affects your lungs right. and your breathing. Right, the bottom part of my lungs do not work. Okay. And for several years, I I only had to wear this machine at nighttime. But as my disease progress progressed, I have to wear it all the time now. Mm. Um, and it's not so bad. When they first put me on, I'm like, I don't like this one bit. And I'm like, but then I got used to it. Yeah, it, it, we can get used to things, especially when we see that they do help. Right. So you have to wear this all the time. Right. I can get off it for a few seconds. Gotcha. But not for very long. Hmm. And so that limits you in, in other ways as well. Yeah, like when I would play... Back when I had the ability to play video games and I would try to talk to people, they couldn't understand me and it would frustrate me. And I don't know when their fault, you know, it just happened that way. But you know, I met a lot of cool people and and here back last year, I lost my ability to play video games, but I had a good run at it, you know, it was my, my favorite thing to do, plus beating my friends at the video <laughs> games. Yeah. And they beat me sometimes, too. Sure. What was your favorite video game to play? Oh, uh, wrestling, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I love wrestling. I have since I was a, since I was a kid. I remember I was probably eight or nine years old, and we went to the Walmart down here, and there was a man in there. My dad was just enamored that this this man was here. I had no idea who he was, and uh, we went up and we took a picture with him, and it was Junkyard Dog. Yes. I don't you, you're familiar with Junkyard Dog? Yes, I'm sure. I actually have a, a picture of me and him when I was a baby. Oh, that may yeah. have been around the yes. same time that that, that I saw him. Yeah, it was at the old Walmart yeah. when it was across the street. Which reminds me, uh, in kindergarten, me and one of my best friends, um, his name is Josh. Me and him would, would pretend we were we were wrestlers. Mm -hmm. We just had a good old time, and you know we're we're still friends to this day. And that's been over probably twenty years ago because we were five years old. Mm -hmm. It's always good, you know, when my friends stop by. Yeah. You know. How often do they do they stop by? Uh, whenever they get the chance. Um, uh, like I said, I always enjoy when they come by. And, and I had a big surprise back in February. 
about eight of my classmates came to see me. Oh, wow. And it really made my day. It was awesome. I bet. Yes, sir. So you, you don't have the ability to play video games at all? No, I lost the ability about last year. Okay. Um, I used to use a handheld control. But then, plus, I had another control I could plug switches into and work them with my head and my feet and my chin. That really helped me mm-hmm. for a while. And you're not able to use that now? No. Okay. Do you have any use of your arms or your legs? No. Well, I, complete, I must complete ability to use my arms and legs. Gotcha. I can still use my foot a little bit, but mm-hmm. that's about all. Yeah. And and with the Shane syndrome, uh, with muscular dystrophy, there is no, no cure. No, sir. Um, we are, of course, doing a lot of research to try to find yes, a cure, yes. uh, but there's not uh, as of yet. And knowing that, how does that, how does that make you feel living every day, knowing that they're looking for a cure? Well, I hope they do someday. And it may not be in my lifetime. But I hope that they do to help others in the future. Yeah. I'd like to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, living today, um, what is what is your everyday look like, kind of? Well, Brian, it's um, my mornings are not very well. When I wake up, I always have to use a, a cough assist machine to help me cough because I get so congested. And, you know, that just wears me out. But like I said, you know, I have my tough days, but I make it through it because I know that my friends and family, you know, behind me 100%. Yeah. And so it it takes you a little while to get all of that up. And so then what does your day look like from there? Well, I just, I'm not able to sit in my wheelchair very much. So spend most of my times sitting in bed. I'm pretty much, pretty much bedridden. But it ain't so bad, you know, because I got my TV and my tablet, so that helps. Yeah, and, and so uh, while you were able to uh, have some control of your hands, what are some tools that you were given to assist you to be able to do everyday things? You mentioned about a controller that had switches and things that you could yes. use. What other things were you providing? Well, you know, I could write with a normal pencil for a while. Tell us that ability. So I can't use a computer mouse or my tablet. So I use a special de- device that looks like a pair of glasses. Hmm. And it sits on top of my glasses. And you move your head around and it moves up a mouse pointer. Hmm. And when you want to click on something, I have a foot switch. I just click it with my foot and I click on whatever. Mm. That that has really helped me. Yeah. So you get all these cool inspector gadget kind of things that that some of us would never be able to experience. I wish I had some glasses that would control my mouse some days, but uh, my ADD would probably have my mouse off in the middle of nowhere (laughs) somewhere. Um, so in, in your, your everyday life, you mentioned that you don't get in your wheelchair very much is, what is the reason for that? Um, I have bad leg pain and I think the reason behind that is because when I was at 
when I was a kid and I still had a hand made me fast. So, you know, I was responsible for back, for buckling my own seat belt in my chair. So I was goofy and neat, forgot to do, do it one particular day. And my chair would have this problem where it would stop and kind of jerk. And I was going down one of my ramps out of a storage building, which isn't very steep at all. And, you know, my, my chair stopped and threw me, and I kid you not, Brian, my chair was on that ramp. I was about middle ways in that yard. Mm-hmm. And after that, you know, my legs hurt so bad, and I complained that they were hurting below the knees. Turns out they were both broke right above the knees. And, you know, that was painful. And for a while, I didn't have too much... Too much pain after that, but it's just gotten worse over the years. Yeah. So did they figure out where they broke? Yes, right above the knee. Gotcha. Yeah. And and so how did you, how were you able to get back in your wheelchair? Well, you know, of course I was hollering because I was hurting. My grandfather was in the shop, his shop and he heard me hollering and he came off there and got me back up in my chair. And, you know, I was... Now I was probably about eight years old then, and and it was on my sister's birthday. Mm. My grandma had gone to pick her up to bring her over here, and then uh, I guess it was maybe early morning. I started having breathing problems. It seemed like a fat embolism got in my my bedroom, so I ended up in the hospital for about a, about a week. And you know, I don't like hospitals. I don't think nobody. I don't think anybody does. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've spent quite a few times in the hospital, you know. There are people out there, you know, I know who are worse off than I am. And I really feel for them because, you know, them hospital stays are rough mm-hmm. on everybody. Yeah, there there is no rest in the hospital. No, sir. Yeah. So you, you live here with your grandparents. Yeah, and my dad. And your dad lives here. Um, when did you come to live with them? Oh, well, I lived with my dad all my life. But okay. uh, me and him, we moved in here with my grandparents when I was about uh, five years old. So they practically raised me. And they're, they're good people, Brian, I'll tell you. Mm. They're good people. My uh you know, my dad, he's a volunteer fireman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he spends his time. He works a full, a full-time job, volunteer fireman, and he helps, you know, helps take care of me. Yeah. You know, he's got his plate full, but he's, he does it all my, with my grandparents' help, you know. And it's good to have that support system. Mm-hmm. Now, is your mother... Around any of that? Uh, no, sir. Okay. Um, now, I see here on the wall that you are honorary member of the magazine fire department. Yes, when back when my dad was uh, on there, uh, they, uh, you know, they really took me in, and my dad and them, they just let me be involved with the fire department and got to be involved, uh, 
honorary firefighter, and that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So how many times did you get to ride in the fire truck? Uh, a few times in the trade and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. You know, fire trucks are hard for me to get into, so I imagine that, that it'd be yes. very difficult. I got a funny story to tell you about that. All right, let me hear it. One time when uh, my dad was going to ride in the trade with him in the fire truck, but when he came into the neighborhood with the fire truck, about four or five other fire trucks came in from different ways, you know. Uh, some of the other guys that helped my dad get me out. And I do not, people were looking at, like, what the heck's going on around here? <laughs> they probably thought the whole neighborhood was on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when when things like that happen, you know, all the all the troops come running. Right. Uh, you know, especially in, in rural areas like we are here in Boonville, yeah. everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And so, really, it's whether we need all those people to help or not, everybody comes because yes. they do care. Yes, sir. So in in looking at life, if if you could go back to any point in time in your life and do something differently, what would any of that point be? Uh, you know, I wouldn't change anything for the world, Brian, because I know that I was I was given this pretty uh, caught situation for a reason because the good Lord above knew I could handle it. Mm. And I, you know, I, I try to be tough, Ryan. Sometimes it ain't easy, but. You know, it's it's very honorable, uh, as you talked about being in the hospital, that there are people that are, are worse off than you. Yes, sir. And, you know, I could not imagine being confined to a bed and not having, yeah. you know, control of my body. And for you to say that, well, I'm still positive because there are people that are worse off than me. I just, I can't even conceptualize what that would be like for me. Um, just, and, and, and I know you have said that, um, you know, you have been put in this situation and you're strong enough to do it, but there must be days where you feel like that you just want to give up. You know that. There has been a few days, you know, I felt that way. But you just can't do it, Brian. You got to keep going through. Because, mm-hmm. you know, people like people, like my family and friends, they always tell me what a good positive attitude I have. And, you know, they speak highly of me. And, you know, I'm going to speak highly of them because they're all good people, too. Mm. Where, do you, where do you think that positivity comes from? You know, Brian, I'm not sure. It's just there. I can't really tell you. Hmm. Well, you'd almost have to have it to to live in the situation that you're in. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, now, you and I probably, I guess we first met when I was singing with a quartet. Oh, yes, sir. And uh, I remember, uh, it's been many years ago, probably 15 years or so, when we sang at a church here. And uh, I remember you being there. Yes. And and I remember just seeing you and thinking, how in the world does he not get depressed? You know, how does he not have anxiety? And do you contribute that to your, your positive out, outlook? Yes. Have you ever gotten to a point of where you had to take antidepressants or anti-anxiety uh, medicines? Um, well, I'm, I don't have depression. They say I have anxiety. 
And I worry way too much about the little things. But there ain't no point worrying because I know that everything's going to turn out okay. Mm. Yeah, I wish I had that. I, I worry about the little things too, but but I continue to worry. You know, I don't I don't just say, well, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, I continue to worry too. But. Yeah. So uh, others that that have this this condition, while you have been very fortunate to live as long as you have, um, have have you know others? Is there a, some kind of network of where you're able to talk with others who have muscular dystrophy? Uh, I'm not really, I don't really, you know, get in with all that stuff. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm, uh, maybe I belong in that place. But I feel like I feel better when I'm around my friends and family, but I want all the others out there that are going through what I'm going through to know. And some of you are going to have tough days, but if you set your mind to it, you can, you can get through it. Mm-hmm. And I really think that goes with anything. Yes. You know, that, that life's not easy. Uh, and we do have days that are very troubling and things that happen that uh, we just don't know how we're going to get through. Uh, one thing that I say often to people is that everything you've been up through now hasn't killed you. So this isn't going to kill you right. either. Right. You know, you're, you're going to be able to make it through. Um, now, what is your what is your prognosis as far as um, are you kind of in a stable position now? Or are you still digressing in some ways? You know, I'm probably still digressing maybe a little bit because around this time, maybe last year, you know, I had my ability. I've had just enough strength to play video games. You know, that's all I could do. But you know, when something gets taken away from you, you you're not always gonna be like, well, it's just kind of sad, you know, in a way. But I know you shouldn't be sad just because you know, over a video game, because that's all you can do, you know. Yeah, but that I mean, that was a major thing in your life yes. and in 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 social interaction, right. even. Yeah. Um, now with, with Deshane's, um, the, the mortality rate, uh, isn't, isn't very long and you were, they didn't expect for you to live what until 12 to 16 years old. Well, you know, I'm, I'm no doctor or expert here, but you know, I always read that it was like early twenties and you know, here I am 25, Brian, and I'm still well and alive in here and. I'm thankful for that. Hmm. Yeah, none of us have an expiration date on us anywhere. Right, right. And um, nobody knows exactly when that time will be. Correct. Uh, and and none of us should look at it and say, "Well, I'm going to live a lot longer than than anybody," yeah. because we don't we don't know. Right, right. Is is that part of the reason that you can keep a positive outlook? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Do you know you don't know when your last day. Things are going to be, you got to take it one day at a time. Just enjoy life. Mm. So what do you do now to enjoy life? Well, you know, Brian, I really enjoy, you know, visiting with friends and family and getting to talk to my friends and 
you know, and I like to watch TV and, you know, I'm a big music listener and so I spend time doing that now. I used to be a really big reader. Used to read a lot back in school. Not so much now, but I do occasionally. So what kind of things do you enjoy watching on TV? Oh, you know, like action movies and wrestling, you know, mm. for sure. Yeah. Even though it's all fake, right? Right. I used to, <laughs> my dad used to tell me when I was a kid, he's like, you know, that's fake, right? And I said, no, it's not. It's real. <laughs> well, uh, when we're kids, we believe a lot of things. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, the wrestling dynamic has changed quite a bit since, yeah. since I was little and, and watched, watch wrestling. Uh, do you get into like MMA stuff or is it? Is... No, nah, I've watched a little sometimes, but it's not my cup of tea. Yeah. Even though it's the real deal. But... Mm. Yeah. So if, if you did not have muscular dystrophy and you could do anything that you wanted to do. What would that be? Well, Brian, I'd, you know, I always thought when I, I always would think when I was a kid, I want to design my own video games. I always thought that'd be something really cool to do. That may have been what I'd, I'd been doing, but now for good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I don't know, Brian. It's a tough, tough, um, tough decision of what I would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's difficult for us to look back and say, "What would I want have to have yeah. done?" Um, because we really, we really don't know whether it would have worked out. Um, what are some things that you do every day to try to give yourself affirmation that today's going to be a good day? It may be harder than others, but but this is a day that we're going to get through. Well, you know, I just think about something. You know, I think about something that I have coming up to do. Like hanging out with a friend or, or getting a chance to get out and go to the movie theater or something. And I just focus on getting to do something fun, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important for all of us to have something to look forward to. Yes. Um, and recently, from what I understood, you just this past weekend, you went with your dad and watched a movie. Yes. What, what movie did you watch? The new Fast and Furious. Oh, okay. All right. You a Fast and Furious fan? Yes, sir, I am. All right. Now, those are kind of long movies, so that was yeah. a long outing for you. It was, and it wore me out, but it was, it was well worth it. Yeah. So how often do you get to get out and do those sort of things? Uh, when I feel well and... You know, when I have I'm having a good day. Mm-hmm. I can't I never know from day to day. When I wake up in the morning, you just never know. Yeah, yeah. Well, your your outlook is to me just I just no words can say how positive you are uh, while in the conditions that that you are in. Uh, and I don't even really want to say suffer from because you don't really look at it as suffering. No. Yeah. And, and so for other people who may be dealing with things, whether it be depression or anxiety or muscular dystrophy or MS or any of those other diseases, how would you tell them to remain positive? Just look at... Look at the good part of life, you know. Just be happy if you can. You know, and I say, you know, 
spend as much time with friends and family as you can. Because if you have that kind of support, it really makes for a better day. Yeah. We all need that social support system. Yes. And so many times when we get to these points of where we feel like we just can't go on anymore, uh, we lose that social system. We withdraw and we just kind of want to be alone and we isolate ourselves. And that's the time that we need our friends and family the most. Uh, Have you ever experienced that time where you just didn't want anybody around? No, I have not. Yeah. Well, you are, you're a very fortunate young man to, to have, be able to, to say that and do that. Uh, cause I've not always been that lucky of where, I, you know, I wanted to just be alone and to, to be left alone. And, and those were the times that I needed people the most. Um, so you said keeping positivity, looking at the good that there is, what do we do when it seems like that the good is outweighing that the, or rather that the bad is outweighing the good? I couldn't tell you, Brian. You know, if the bad's that way, you're not good. And I know I've probably been repeating myself for saying this, but mm. you're going to fight it, Brian. Yeah. It may whoop up on you, but you're going to whoop up on it, too. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it all has to do with perspective. Yes. That sometimes when we're given this this bad news, that instead of looking at it as being bad, we look at it as a new opportunity to grow in other areas. Yeah, and the other deal is, you know, from my point of view, where I'm at right now, I just say to myself, you know, no matter what, I'm going to be okay. I got this. I can defeat it. Yeah, and that's something that not all of us have in us to to be able to do and to say. Um, when When we look at the bad things, I think that sometimes... We let the bad outweigh the good because we forget about all of the good that we have. Yeah, uh, We're still here on this earth. We're still with family and friends. Uh, I'm sure that, that if you needed somebody, you know that there are those people that you could pick up the phone and they would be here. I do. I really do. And I, I appreciate every single one of them. Mm. Is there one particular friend that really sticks out that has, has been there for you? Well, I should say, um, I got a really good friend who I consider to be more of a brother than a friend. Mm-hmm. He was always good. He was helping me out. And I'd always go over to his house a lot, and he'd help me out for whatever I needed. If I needed a drink of water, he'd get me a drink of water, you know. If I needed just whatever, he'd help me out. Mm-hmm. And there are those people in the world that just do those things without expecting anything in return. Right. And and that's really the people that we need in our lives. Right. And that's the kind of people we need to be to others yes, as yes. well. So um, if if there was one piece of advice that you could give to anybody, what would that advice be? Well, what I would say to them, I would say is never give up. Don't give up no matter what. It's going to be rough and it's going to be tough, but you can make it. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, as I, as I said, perspective is everything. How we look at things and how we look at issues is is really everything. Right. Yeah. So in 
in what you have going on for you now, um, what is the next big thing that you're looking forward to? I don't really have anything to look forward to right now, but I'm at your one of those. Until today, this morning. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I was looking forward to doing this podcast. Yeah. So if there could be one thing on your list that you would want to do to look forward to, what would that be? Probably um, get together with all my friends again. Mm. You know, just one big group, you know, it'd be good to see everyone again. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be good to see all of them again. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe we can do something to work all that out for you. I keep in touch with them, you know, and and I, actually I think um, some of them are going to come by in a couple of weeks. So, mm. so maybe that'll work out. And, yeah. So one thing that I say is you're not allowed to quit. Right. Yeah. You're not. Don't do not quit. Yeah. Because uh, when you quit, you've you've lost. Right. Uh, and, and you know, a lot of times we feel like that we're a failure. Um, but I, I give an acronym for fail is that it's the first attempt in learning, and we've just kind of got to pick ourselves up and and keep going. But when we're not able to do that on our own, that it is okay to get help. It is okay to ask yes. our friends or our family or professionals yes. for help. How, how do you how do you ask for help in those situations that are kind of internalized? Well, when I, you know, when I'm sad, I like to talk to people about things, you know, and it just can't really explain it, Brian. Yeah. So, do you have what what we call a happy place? that you go to that mentally when things just seem like they're very bad? Yes, I, I like to uh, put in my headphones and turn my music up. Mm. Takes me to a good place. Yeah. And so in that is your, your coping mechanism. And, yeah. and we all have to have those. Yes. And even in those of us who are able to have a very positive outlook on life, right. we still have those times. Right. And we still have to have those coping mechanisms to help us through. So um, from being with us here today, I just want our listeners to know that, uh, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but as, as uh, disabled as you are or incapable due to your illness, if you can have a positive attitude, then we can have a positive attitude in anything that we may deal with. Right. Uh, as you said, there are always somebody who is worse off than we are. Correct. Yeah. So uh, if, if any of our listeners wanted to contact you on social media, how would they find you on social media? Um, just look me up on Facebook. All right. Caleb um, Johnson in Boonville, yes, Arkansas. Yes. All right. I'll, uh, I'll look all those up and put them in the description of this, this podcast so okay. that uh, people would be able to reach out to you okay. uh, if they want to. And uh, that, that finishes up. Do you have anything else you want to add or say? No, thank you for letting me be here today. Well, we, we appreciate you, you being willing to do this, and I, I'm sure this will wear you out. I know doing yeah. these wear me out. So Yeah. All right. Well, I've been Doc Brian. This has been Doc Talks. Of course, you can find me at thedocbrian.com and all of my social media links are at the bottom of that website. Of course, Doc 
Talks is a part of the Be Frank Network. You can find all of our podcasts there at BeFrankNetwork.com. Caleb, once again, thank you for, for being with us here today. Thank you, Brad. All right. We will see you later and hope to, to hear from you soon. Bye.